Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by an energetic keynote speaker, TV host, stadium host, and legacy coach, Ronnie Lieber. Ronnie has entertained millions live and worldwide at various sporting events, corporate events, and seminars. So we're going to be talking to him about everything that he's done and how we got to do what he does and any tips that he has for you listeners out there. So Ronnie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for being with you, Curtis. And I'm excited. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Straight from Austria. Tell us, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, that was already quite an introduction. So about myself, for more than, for almost one and a half decades now, actually, I've been, as, as you were saying, I love to entertain people, I love to bring people together, and I love for them to have a great time. And, and that is basically why I do what I do. And at the same time, to just transform, to empower, and, and also to entertain my audience. Right. Well, tell everybody how you got doing what you do for the last one and a half decades. Well, that's a great question, Curtis. So what actually, you know, one and a half decades ago in the mid 2000s, I was still at university and I was trying to figure out what do you want to do once you're done? Uh, so I was like, okay, I mean, during university, I was doing different jobs. I was working for some time in sales. I was working also for a few years in teaching others, like unemployed people. I was teaching them sales. I was teaching them also office. I was teaching them how to get a job, all those kind of things. And that was nice to university. But then it was like, well, okay, uh, what do you really want to do now? And I was thinking, well, you know, I think what would be great would be to do something that you're really passionate about. Like not just something that you're interested about, but something where there's a fire burning inside of me. And I thought, well, that's a great concept, but what is it? And so I was kind of like, well, I need to figure that out. So I was really diving deep into my own personality. I was asking myself questions over and over again for weeks for months, actually, to be honest. Like always when I was driving in the car, I was typically asking myself, well, what do you love to do in your free time? What do you spend your money on? What moves you emotionally? What do you talk with your friends about? What was it already as a little kid that you were excited about, that you were passionate about, that you loved? And initially, I didn't really get a lot of answers. And so I kept asking and asking, and asking. And at some point, it always came back to the same answers. It always came back to, already as a little kid, I loved events that bring the whole world together. For example, if you're into sports like me, I loved the Soccer World Cup. I loved the Olympic Games. It was like, at that time, the whole world is turning around that. 
well, that's great. But at the same time, also, for example, if you're not into sports, but if you're into music and you're at a concert, you're totally consumed by the moment. You're not thinking about, well, I need to go to the hairdresser tomorrow or I need to write a text message right now. We're just totally there. And so I was I was doing that. And, and great. So finally, I had discovered my passion or what I'm passionate about, but I did not know yet what I was going to do. Also, what I actually at the time, I was not thinking about the money first. I was thinking first about my passion because I knew that if I find something that I'm passionate about, I'm going to be good at it or I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn easily because I love it. And then it was just about figuring out what it is. And if I'm good at something, if I'm great at something, or if you're maybe even the best in the world at something, there is always going to be a way to monetize it. So first I discovered, all right, it's events, kind of like also in a connection with sports that I really love. But then it was figuring out, well, what do you actually want to do? And so at that point in time, that was in 2008 in the summer, um, some friends of mine from sports university, I was studying sports and I was studying economics. And some friends of mine from sports university told me about our local soccer team, the professional soccer team here in Vienna, Austria, that they were looking for a stadium host for their under 17 and under 19 years old teams, like their youth teams. And they recommended me because they knew like to talk and so on. And, and I could do that. I thought, well, that's nice. I'll, I'll just do that like once a month on a Saturday afternoon to sit there to enjoy and at the same time to announce the players, to announce the goal scorers, and, and to also to also play some music. And and I was enjoying that. It was it was definitely not about the money. I only got I got paid around like 70 bucks per game, like basically nothing. But it was all right. I thought I gambled high at the time. Like I didn't have any reference. And I thought, well that's awesome. And I was just doing this for fun. One year later it was the 25th of June, 2009. That was the year, was the day that Michael Jackson died. And some of you might actually remember where you were. I was at, I was at, a, at a sports university party. And when I left there in the morning at 5.15, the sun was already up. It was on a boat. I went off the boat. And together with me was a colleague of mine. And, and she was actually working at the local professional ice hockey team. And, and I was like, hey. Do you by any chance, are you by any chance looking for a new stadium host? And she said, well, I have no idea, but I'll ask. The next day she called me and she said, you know what? We're looking for somebody. So a few conversations later with the manager, I actually got my opportunity. And that was like, basically, that was the moment that changed everything for me. Because now it was not like 100, 150 people like at the youth games. Now it was several thousand people in the stadium. And I thought, wow, I love that. That's something I want to do more of. So suddenly I knew also what I want to do. And I invested everything from the first year of the ice hockey, of hosting it as a stadium announcer. I invested everything in, into speakers education and voice education. And basically from then on, I knew the why, I knew the what, and now it was just about figuring out the how. So tell everybody what a legacy coach is. You're also a legacy coach. Explain what that is. Sure. Well, a legacy coach, first of all, at the end of our lives or at the end of our careers, one of the questions that you might ask yourself is, have I mattered? 
Like, has it even mattered what I did here? What I leave? Is there something that I leave behind? What's the legacy I leave behind? And especially if you on a corporate ladder, maybe you've climbed already up. Well, depends. Maybe you're already quite high. And you're thinking, well, that's great. But there is something more out there. There's something more than just doing my normal, regular job. There is something that I can leave behind. So what is it really that I want to leave behind? What is it that when I'm gone, that is left of me? And that's when I come to play as a legacy coach, because I'm helping you to transition from basically your everyday job that was just a job to into a mission where you're really out there, where you're really following what you are made to do. And also, of course, one thing that I'm really great at and that I'm also helping my clients is in communication in order to better connect with the people that they care about. Well, give those who are looking to present themselves on video to where they can really resonate with their audience and get the respect that they feel they deserve. All right. Sure. So basically, when you are... When you want to present yourself on video and when you want to uh, connect with your audience. And nowadays, of course, it is, it is, well, we're doing a lot more on video than just a few years ago. And many of our conversations nowadays are on video. And so one of the key things is in order to connect with your opposite, with your opposite, with the other person is to actually look at the lens. So basically, when we're in a Zoom meeting or when we are at home and, 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 or in the office talking with somebody in a video call, we tend to look automatically on the screen because that's where the other person is. What we want to do instead is actually look at the lens that is usually above the screen. Or if you have an external webcam or camera that you're using, then look into the camera I know it takes some training in the beginning because you just want to look at the other person and see what is he doing or how is he doing or she doing. But trust me, if you actually use your peripheral peripheral vision and just to get a glimpse of what they are like, how they are reacting, but at the same time really looking into a lens, they will feel you much more, and that means also that you will be able to better connect. And also the better influence in whatever way it is. So that's one thing. Also, when it comes to your body language, which is, of course, also something that the other person will see, make sure that it fits to the screen. Make sure that it fits to your camera angle. Like it doesn't make sense to, to make wide, big gestures with your arms if they are outside of the screen, like if the other person cannot see it. The next thing is, of course, to use your voice to better connect because oftentimes, when we are possibly alone in a room, at least in, in the real world, but virtual, we're not. And so when we're alone in a room, we tend to speak internally, meaning like if you're at home right now and, for example, you're seeing something out loud and you're like maybe, all right, what were my groceries that I wanted to buy? Maybe some carrots, some potatoes, some apples. Like you're talking to yourself. You do not want to fall into a trap. When you're talking with somebody on the other side of the Zoomiverse, what you want to do instead is you want to project your voice as if you're talking to the room in real. Like you want to project your voice, not only to the microphone, not only to the lens, but to the end of the room. 
Because like that, you are going to make sure not only that the other person can hear you, but also that the other person can really feel your energy. That is really, really key. And of course, another thing, what is really key is light, lighting. Because when you're in on video, you really want to make sure that the other person can see you. I guess many of you, at least for me, it has happened several times that you're in a video call with somebody and they have the most amazing scenery in the background. Like it can be the ocean or some amazing mountains or a beautiful garden with flowers and all those kind of things. And you're like, wow, this is so amazing. And everything is bright over there, but you cannot see the person because they are totally in the shadow. Everything in the back is bright. And by contrast, they are totally dark. And it looks like a video out of a protection, out of a witness protection program, or as if they're going to make you an offer any moment that you cannot refuse. So you don't want to do that. If you have light, natural light that you're using, then please make sure that your face is facing the window. And at the same time, make sure that behind you that your room is tidied up, that it doesn't interfere with the experience that the other person is having while talking to you so that they can really focus on you and not on what's going on behind you. Okay. Tell us about some of the famous sporting and corporate events that, that you've emceed and tell us how that felt. Well, as you were saying, um, I actually had the privilege of, of being in front of more than five, five million people in my life. And and also having hosted all kinds of sports events from American football to soccer to ATP tennis events, ice hockey matches, and as, as well as a ring announcer in boxing and, and many, many more besides all the corporate events that I'm doing as well. And what I really, well, I mean, obviously when you have, when, when you're hosting a match of your national team in soccer and you have a full stadium, this is just so incredible. When there is something on the line and you can really move the audience, you can just move the energy in there. And that's just, wow. But I actually want to point out one memory that I have that it really, really sticks out as well. It was the 12th of October, 2019. It was here in Vienna. And there was an event that was called the Ineos 159 Challenge. Ineos was the main sponsor, a pharma company from the UK. And the whole point of the event was that one man, his name is Eliot Kipchoge, that one man beats the marathon or runs a marathon, a full marathon, 26.2 miles or 42.195 kilometers in less than two hours. Think about it. 13.1 miles per hour running. If you want to translate that, that means... A hundred meter, if you've ever ran track in, in school, for example, a hundred meters, think about the time that you had. I know my time was like 13 seconds. This guy ran 17 seconds on a hundred meters, but like this for two hours. So that was the whole point about it. That the first, like to beat the last milestone, to really create history there on that day. And they did everything to do that. Like they were really looking for like basically they were looking globally for the best track to do that. And so they, that's how they came to Vienna because they found a track that is 4.2 kilometers or basically like 2.62 miles straight 
with basically no elevation. Like the whole elevation was like five yards in between those 2.6 miles. And then they brought in 35 guys who are gonna be who are gonna be the pacemakers for for Elliot Kipchoge. And those 35 guys, they were rotating, and they together had 50 medals: world champion, European champion, Olympic champion medals. 50. Just the head of the pacemakers was a five-time Olympic champion. And it was all, the mission was clear. It was all about to get this one guy to run a full marathon in under two hours. And what I remember about that very clearly is when you're in the stadium, then you know up front, all right, we have a sellout crowd or maybe you have sold so and so many tickets. But this was outdoor. This was like there were no tickets. So we had no clue. We had no idea how many people will, will show up. And what was amazing there on that day was also there was no Austrian participant. There was no local hero. And we were just hoping, please, God, let's not be alone. Like, just let, this, let us not embarrass ourselves because this is really amazing. And so I remember the 12th of October, 2019 was a Saturday. And the starting time was 8.15 in the morning. And I had to be there at 6.30 in the morning at the finishing line. That was where I was going to be hosting on that day. So I was there at the finishing line and at 6.30. And already the finish area on both sides of the track was full. And I was like, all right, thank God we're not going to be alone. But what happened? It was still dark at the time. And then the sun was coming up. And what happened was people were coming. I was standing right close to a metro station and there were people streaming in and streaming in and streaming in. It was just a huge crowd of people that kept coming and coming and coming. And I was like, wow, what is going on here? This is so cool. And the longer the race lasted, the more people kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And at the end of the day, I mean, first of all, at the end of the day, it was only two hours, but... There were 120,000 people there that showed up on that day. 120,000 people. And his time was one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. And the atmosphere on that day, it was not just experiencing somebody run a race. It was experiencing history for humanity. And that is the reason why 120,000 people showed up because they wanted to be part of history. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Give tips to people who, who want to make a most memorable virtual live or hybrid event. Sure, I'd love to. So first of all, if you, whatever you want to do, like if you want to do something live or virtual, very, very first thing you need to ask yourself, what is the outcome of this event? What is the outcome that I have also, if there are other stakeholders in it, what is the outcome that they have? Like you need to really know what the outcome is that everybody wants to get out of because everything else afterwards will depend on what the outcome is. The second question is, who is the audience? Like, who are you doing this for? Who is the audience? Who are they? And not only that, like not only knowing, for example, how many men, how many women, how old are they? What are their positions? Like, what do they work? Um, also, what are their passion? What is, why are they there? Is it something because they have to or is it something because they want to? What is their emotional involvement with it? And 
the better you know who they are the better then you know where they are coming from. Like even, for example, if it's an event and, and what is before that, are they coming everybody from somebody else? Are they a more homogeneous group like, or are they more heterogeneous? And, and if like wherever they're coming from, for you, it is critical to pick them up where they're at emotionally. And you can only do that when you know who they are and what your outcome is, because what your outcome is, is going to determine where you're going to lead them to. So you're going to pick them up somewhere. And then from there on, you need to know what is the feeling also that you want to leave behind. What is the action that they should take once your time with them is over? Like, what do you want them to do, to feel, to experience? And then everything else you plan after that, like you plan, okay, what is going to be my end? First, you plan the end of the event or of your speech. Then you plan the beginning. And the beginning is dependent, of course, of your, of your audience. And then you just go from beginning to the end and you need to put in, I call it the meat, like you need to put in the meat into the burger. Basically, you need to have a structure to get there. That means also usually to put in some examples, some stories, something tangible as well, where they can easily follow that is like, well, that makes sense. And that's in a nutshell, the key of moving your audience from point A to point B. Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Well, right now, actually, what I'm doing next, or one of the things that I'm doing next is for, for Continental, for the, for the global tire provider. I'm doing a project for them basically on a four-day virtual event. And I'm going to be also one of the panel hosts there. So that's going to be very exciting because it's it's a huge thing. They have like almost 200,000 employees. And I'll, I'm going to be in the US pretty soon again as well, also working for Tony Robbins, which I do quite frequently or several times a year at his next or his upcoming seminar. I'll be there as a trainer and also be working with participants there as well. Well, so people can keep up with everything that you're up to, give out your website information or social media, any contact information you have. Of course, absolutely. I, I'd love to. You know, I'd love to connect with you and whatever it is, how I can help you. Also, please reach out to me. The best way, of course, is to send me an email and you will find all my contact info on my website, which is www.ronnielieber, which is R-O-N-N-Y-L-E-B-E-R.com. There is an English version on it as well, of course. And you can also find me as Ronnie Lieber on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. Basically, those are the best ways to get in contact with me. We'll close this out with some final thoughts. Maybe something I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about. Or any final thoughts you have for the listeners? Sure. So wherever you are right now and wherever you feel that like maybe for you right now, it's you feel like you're in winter in your personal season or you feel that you're in summer or in spring or in fall, like wherever you feel right now that you are, at any moment, you can make a decision. At any moment, you can make a decision to turn things around or to take it up a notch because there's always another level. And I want to give you something tangible here at the end. At any moment, there are three decisions that you can make. Decision number one, what do you focus on? Because at any moment, you can focus in on so many things, on millions of things. 
You can focus on what you're seeing. You can focus on what you're hearing. You can focus on what you're feeling, like, or also what your skin is, is touching at the moment. You can focus on your heartbeat, on your breathing, and so on. Like, there are so many things you can focus on. The second decision that you can make and that you are going to make consciously or subconsciously any moment is, what does it mean? What meaning do I give to my experience? And then thirdly, what am I going to do about it? Because once you consciously decide what to focus on and consciously decide to give it an empowering meaning, then you're going to take a different action out of that if you just leave it up for grabs. Ladies and gentlemen, world-famous speaker, coach, Ronnie Lieber. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, check him out, check out everything that he's up to. Ronnie Lieber, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Curtis, and thank you, everybody, for listening, and can't wait to hear from you. All the best. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.